Welcome back to another episode of the Sounder at Heart podcast. I am Jeremiah O'Shan. I'm Mark Kastner. This is the Sounder at Heart podcast. Joined by my co-hosts, Mickey Turner, Susie Rantz, Tim Foss, Beth Mantle, and Dave Clark. This has been an extremely weird podcast. How are they going to be able to handle that? Just the bottom line is they don't have an answer to that. There was never really a time when I was super concerned. Seattle did fine. There's a reason they got signed to first team contract. Very special guest, Brian Spencer, head coach of Seattle Sounder. You know who he is. Brian... How are you doing? I'd start off, Jeremiah, by saying one thing, and this isn't my quote. I have to attribute this to Tom Dutra. He always says, tough times don't last, tough people do. Welcome back to another episode of the Sounder at Heart podcast. I am Jeremiah O'Shan. Joining me today are Tim Foss and Beth Mantle. Uh, Sounders coming off a... I, I fairly, I think you maybe call it dispiriting, frustrating. There's a lot of words for it, but a 3-1 loss to Sporting Kansas City that was maybe a little bit of a reality check. Let's do that. Uh, Sounders were again short-staffed enough that they had to that they could make two uh, hardship, extreme hardship signings. You know, they were coming off a game effectively two days earlier, or two days of rest, I should say. And they look like a tired team. They, they did not look like they had it. Uh, and still, I, I think that the f- score was probably more unflattering than the balance of play would suggest. Yeah, I feel like it's, it's hard to be mad about that result, uh, but it was a bit disappointing. Yeah. The way that it kind of played out. Yeah, I think that's... You know, I I think we're probably going to talk about this later, but it's tough when the team doesn't have a particularly good game, but certainly not so bad as a collective that they were going to give up three goals and you just have a handful of like really blatant individual errors that immediately get capitalized on. Like beyond that, they... They didn't play great, but they also didn't play terribly. They only gave up, I think, one shot from inside of the box. Those are, like, the defensive performance as a whole is sort of what we've seen throughout, where they're just not giving up a ton of really clear shots, and it just was unfortunate the way that the mistakes got pounced on. Um, It was a weird game. that's going to happen. Like MLS is a very weird league. You're going to have weird games where for whatever reason, your team just isn't as good as they usually are. And you're going to lose. Yeah. You know, I, I'm always someone who speaks to the unscientific nature, the unreliable nature, the, the dangers I'll say of rely of looking at XG for any given game and extrapolating too much from, from those results. But I'll note that uh, the Sounders law, like there's like three or four different models that you can look at. You know, FB ref uses uh, stats bomb, a bunch of other people use Opta, but then they do their own calculations anyway. Uh, all, everyone had it very close. A few of them had, most of them had Kansas city winning uh, American soccer analysis actually had uh the Sounders with the advantage there. But what I thought was interesting is that all of them had Kansas City right around one goal, both teams right around one goal worth of, of XG. And Sporting scored three. 
like I think we can we can reasonably say that they made the most out of their opportunities. You know, the the, the I think about the last goal that they scored, and in some ways you go, oh God, how did Cameron Duke get that wide open? But he also hit a volley from you know a full volley on a you know on a on a looped in ball from you know ten yards out. That's not an easy finish. You see that missed a lot. Similarly, Daniel Shalway, you can talk about it being on a counter attack. But man, he hit that thing on a laser from 20 yards out. Similarly, Johnny Russell, that's a free kick. Weirdly, the Sounders have now given up three free kicks, goals, direct free kick goals this year. That's as many as they allowed from 2018 to 2020 combined. So it just kind of puts into perspective a little bit of, of how, you know, unlucky in some ways the Sounders got in this. I, if we want to sort of dig into the individual error aspect of that's a good that yeah, game, like I think it is super fair and reasonable to point to the fact that like the Sounders continue to be incredibly shorthanded. They had guys who have played a lot this season and played fairly pretty well most of the time that they've played, but they are backups. I mean, AB Sissoko had to come out with what it turns out as a tendonitis flare up. Um, He probably is the, fourth or fifth choice center back he has i think he's played like not he started nine consecutive games he started two consecutive games for tacoma before that the longest stretch he had as a starter with tacoma as a professional he hasn't been a full professional for more than two seasons his longest stretch of starts was seven games at the end of last season for tacoma yeah like he takes a huge step up and he's played really well and then the like big mistake that he had was an area that he's been pretty secure in his time with Seattle. Like his passing has been good. He made a bad choice on a pass and they paid for it. Danny Leva makes a bad tackle where he just kind of has to do something or it looks embarrassing because he let a guy just run by him. And that's where the free kick goal comes from. Uh, Kellen Rowe has played a thousand, 1006 minutes this season. He if he plays another game, he'll already have played more than he played last season. If he plays like a couple more full nineties, he'll pass what he played the season before. Like these are guys who are being asked to do way more than they have been asked in the last several years. And it makes sense that like, eventually they're going to have an off day. I think Kellen Rowe also maybe not, super well suited to playing right wing back. Uh, but I don't know that like that's where the issues came from for him. Yeah. I also think with Roe, you know, he was playing a new position. Like you, like you noted, he was also playing on short rest. He didn't start against, uh, against Austin, but he did play a fair number of minutes against Austin. And, you know, he, he made a, he, he wasn't sharp. Like there's no, I don't want to, I don't want to make it sound like I'm making excuses for him. He wasn't sharp in the whole game. And then he made a really bad decision on the turnover that led to Shalloway's goal. But I'm not inclined to really rake him over the coals too much because he's, we have a bunch of other pieces of evidence that suggest that he's playing really well this year. And I think you can kind of go down the list of all the mistakes that got made. And I don't know how many of those are systemic to what's going on with the Sounders, you know, even Danny Leva, who I think you can argue has been the most up and down of all the players that had, you know, this is an 18 year old kid who 
isn't probably a starter when this team has even one or two more healthy bodies available. So it's, it's hard to get too worked up over the long-term implications of this loss. Now it's definitely frustrating that they've lost to sporting Kansas city three times in a row, which goes back to 2019. It's kind of interesting that they've lost twice in a row at home, like two of their last three home losses have come against sporting Kansas city. Those are interesting data points, but I don't think they're really cause for major concern. And, you know, frankly, I, I, I'm glad the Sounders have two more matches against sporting Kansas city. I think that they, you know, if you sporting Kansas city was not at full strength for this game, but if you bring back something like full strength teams for both of these two, I still like the Sounders chances. Yeah. I mean, I'll always bet on the Sounders. Um, <laughs> Um, Brian did point out in his post-match press conference that he was proud of Danny for being tenacious in that match. Yeah. And I do think that's a good thing to point out that though his, his tackle did give away the first goal, like Brian was still like, I like that he made an effort there. And in the rest of the game, like also he made a point of Josh kind of getting chippy towards the end of the match because these two kids were like, very upset that they were losing and like wanted to make a difference and I think that's not something I don't think we saw that in like Danny's first appearances on the for the for the team um and I think it's good that we're seeing it from those two those two kids and like their beginning starts that they're they're already ready to get in there and like make their mark on the match I also thought it was interesting and notable that that the first player off the bench in this one was Reed Baker Whiting and it was an aggressive sub, you know, AB Sissoko, they decided to bring off because apparently, like you said, he had this flare up in his tendonitis, which total aside, I'm not so sure how I feel about the long-term implications of that. I'm a little worried that like Brian sort of poo-pooed it, but my suspicion is that he may miss a game or two at, you know, hopefully that's and that's it. But I thought it was interesting that Reed Baker Whiting was the first player off the bench. He wasn't spectacular. I don't think that he, you know, was quite as good as he, you know, he didn't have quite as many promising moments as he did against Austin, but he was good. I thought he, he had, you know, he was right. He had, you know, he was right in the middle of Freddie's goal. He had a couple other aggressive plays, you know, and the other thing I liked is that he got, he was active. Like he got into a bunch of duels. He got into a bunch of, he, he was good at pressuring uh, Kansas city you know, he was just an active player. And I think that's the stuff that you want to see, especially from a 16 year old who you don't want to see them just getting, get lost in the game. He was somewhat involved in Freddie's goal. Um, so it was yeah. kind of a mess in the box. He was, he was in that one. Yeah. He, he almost controlled it. And if he had done a, you know, he, it was his touch that allowed Freddie to score that. Yeah. I think it's interesting to watch, you know, it would be really easy to look at, last season versus this season and say Brian Schmetzer's approach or philosophy to playing the young kids has changed. And maybe a degree of that has happened because of circumstances and those are the guys available, but it really seems like, you know, the messaging that he has always given is that like these guys need to earn their place. Seems like they've taken that to heart and have, you know, as they've matured both physically and as people and gotten another year of professional experience, like they've really taken a step forward in their games. And it, you know, it makes sense that RBW is the first sub off the bench when they're forced to make an early sub that, 
they started both Leva and Atencio in this game. Um, and the, yeah, I think like Leva, as we've said, didn't have his best game, but he also was really active and was trying to make an impact. The big mistake that he made was trying to solve someone else's problem. Yeah. Um, it is, I think it is reassuring. And these guys, uh, other players are going to come back. They're going to return to the bench and they're going to keep learning and growing and improving. And we're still right at the top of the table. We're right at the right. top of the Western conference. Like we've got two, we've got two losses in 16 games. That's still really good guys. Yeah. And, and, and I definitely am sympathetic to the frustration that some are feeling that it feels like the Sounders have dropped an inordinate number of points at home. And I think you can look at the, the games that they have failed to win at home and and there's room for frustration you know dropping points or losing to kansas city i don't want to say that's unexpected but you you know you want to you don't ever want to lose games at home right and then they have the ties against austin atlanta and who was the other one vancouver vancouver and those are all games where you like to you would have liked to have gotten you know you would have liked to gotten full points that's you know theoretically six or seven points that you left on the table and and i get it but Man, they're they're making it up with points on the road. You know, the Austin game, you know, it was an interesting thing because Brian sort of talked about the emotional roller coaster of this week and how they came so close to pulling out a point in Minnesota to extend their streak. And then they got this really unexpected win in Austin and it was like an emotional high. And then they had to come, they had to fly back home, basically get ready for the next game without probably full training. And they I think their emotional you know, their emotional gas tank was, was kind of lighting up and, and it showed a little bit in this one. And it, and I can understand why, you know, it, it felt a little bit, you know, he likened it to the bounce back from the high of, of beating Minnesota and coming back from two goals down in the Western conference final to then being totally outplayed in MLS cup and, and how in some ways that, that emotional high, I think from Minnesota is what he was saying is, you know, a little bit was a little bit harder to, to get back up to that. And I think something similar was maybe going on here. And I think it also speaks to why he wasn't more frustrated about the result. I think he was very understanding of, you know, you ask for all this stuff from the players and sometimes they just don't have it to give. And he seemed, he did seem a little disappointed and, and more in an emotional sort of like, I really wanted to get this one for Jimmy Gabriel type of way but not in a I'm disappointed in the players' performances sort of way. Brian seems to be good at putting the players' humanity first in these situations where he's like, I could be really mad at them for performing, for making individual mistakes and like not being up to par. But like, I understand why this happened and me being super mad at them isn't going to change anything and it's not really going to help. And like, what we need to do now is like regroup and move forward. And I appreciate that from him and he gave him two days off which i think was probably a a good choice uh the sounders were off yesterday they were off today uh, at least from fully organized team training activities and i think that's probably smart i think this is exactly the things that brian schmetzer does well and maybe does well better than than maybe anyone else in the league is he seems to understand the players sometimes they just need a break like Yes, we have a big game against San Jose, but it doesn't do us any good to beat them over the head with this one. And I'm sure they're going to go back and they're going to watch film and 
and they'll tell Danny like, you know, maybe there you don't need to go in for that tackle or AB you need to be aware of where the defender is when you, when you make a pass to, to an, a teammate or, you know, Kellen, what are you thinking here by you're the last man back. You can't make that pass. Like Stefan, you got to trust your wall. Like there's a list of things that they could do on these goals that are a little different. Javi, maybe don't lose track of the, the, the guy that's on your shoulder. Uh, but like, they're not, again, they, I just don't see them as systemic problems. I don't see them as like, well, we keep giving like, again, although, okay, here's one. And I am, I am curious. The Sounders now have given up three goals on free kicks. I don't think that quite rises to the pattern because I think two of them were similar. And one of them was like Bill, T- Bill Tulioloma just hit a laser beam that happens. Right. Although the wall was off on that one too. Are they, do they have a problem building walls? It does seem like they, their wall has been not performing the, how you want it to, at least on those three goals. But then I'm sure we could go back and watch the 10 other times where the ball did exactly what they were supposed to do. But I don't know. I, I, but if you're only worried about direct free kicks, like, what are you going to do? Like, that's there, like at the beginning of the season when we weren't conceding any goals from the run of play and like the only way that people could score was from set pieces. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing where you're like, I mean, it's not the end of the world here. It's certainly right. weird, but like, I feel like we've had the three this season have been two different goalkeepers, I'm assuming, because one was pretty early yeah, in the season sure. with staff. One went under the wall, and then we had the debacle with like, do people lay on the ground? Do yes. we not have people laying on the ground? Um, which they haven't done and uh, they have never done the lay behind the wall thing. I don't think they could convince Raul that it was worth it for him to lay on the ground. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't think he saw that the return was worth it. He <laughs> no. was like, you're going to have to like do something really yeah. nice for me. You have to you show me, me the just, numbers like, on this one. Lay down on the ground for a bit. Like, what if he gets stepped on? What if someone steps on Raul? That would be right. so sad. Yeah. yeah, I think it's just one of those things that sometimes, like, like the Chicago Red Stars in NWSL have gotten an inordinate number of own goals scored for them or in their favor. Like, sometimes weird stuff just happens. And I think this was sort of like that, even that goal is sort of an individual mistake that Cleveland set up his wall well and then cheated to the same side as the wall which gave johnny russell enough room to get it to the far post just outside of his reach like that is an individual mistake that stephen cleveland doesn't have a ton of starting experience but he probably should know better but these are also things that it doesn't i think this is where you know brian schmetzer has lots of experience as a coach but he's also got lots of experience as a dad and he probably knows that, like, this, if yeah. your kid drops a glass of juice, like, it doesn't help anyone to blow up about that because it's not going to fix the glass and it's not going to clean up the juice. You I can need to just, get like, parenting advice from Brian, I think. I think everyone could use some parenting <laughs> yeah. advice from Brian. Because I'm definitely a, what are you thinking, type of parent, which is not good parenting. <laughs> Next time your kid drops a cup of juice, you just have to say, what would Brian Schmetzer do? Yeah. Two days off. Right. No, that's a good, that's a good shout. That's a good shout. Uh, no, but I, I do think you're right that the, like the dad part of his brain kicks in on games like this. And that's this, I think that's the stuff that he does better than, than anybody. Like he's managing the, 
the locker room, you know, we talked about this before about how he imbues the kids with this idea that, no, you can actually go win this game. We're not there to get a point. We're there to win a game. And, you know, it, it, it doesn't make me worried. Like there a lot of things could go wrong and, you know, I suppose injuries could start piling up again, but man, I mean, what injuries can we get? Just like statistically, I feel like we have to be hitting, hitting the end of it soon. Right. Right. Especially someone that's good at math. Tell me. Yeah. Especially that they're not like, that's not like they're all these muscle injuries either. Uh, It's, it's like tendonitis and. I mean, I'm not, I'm concerned about our center back depth again since Nuhu cannot run side to side. So I guess he like runs in circles if he needs to get somewhere. I don't know what's going on with that. AB has tendonitis. So we've got a total of three center backs again. We keep, we keep getting to the point where we're like, oh, we're going to have four center backs. And then yeah, no. Not so fast. No, well, we've got, no, no, like, no. we've got like three and a half because Josh Atencio can still play center back. Yeah, I would say that that almost counts as a genuine re- revelation in this th- in this last week was how good he looked against Austin. And then I don't know how many how, he moved from the midfield to center back and then back to the midfield. I think late in the game, I, that's I, I'm impressed. My concern is that Josh Atencio cannot play center back if he has to play in the midfield because all of our midfielders are out. <laughs> Yeah, that is a so problem. So at some point, people being able to play two positions is not helpful unless we can clone them. Right. Is anybody? Um, we've got science people, math people. Can anyone get back to me on this? <laughs> yeah, it's that. I would say the the need for cloning is getting pretty close. Uh, and Josh would be a good one to clone. Yeah. I'd say, yeah. You can develop two somewhere. of them. Yeah. Uh, one thing I don't know that we talked about enough, Freddie Montero uh, scored his 50th goal in Sounders for the Sounders in regular season play. He's back atop the, uh, he's back atop the, or he's, he's already, he was already leading, I think, the Sounders all-time goal scoring list. But the thing I thought was very funny was a, his birthday, I guess, was Monday. And they pointed out, someone pointed out that he was turning 34 and he, it was a question in Spanish and the and the translator says you know was translating the question and freddie peeps up and says no he said i was 24 which <laughs> was not what would happen but i appreciated freddie making the effort and i don't know i just i thought the mood that he was giving off though was appropriate like yeah we're bummed to lose but we're not gonna make too much of this i told you he had a good vibe that day he did have a good vibe he totally did he had a totally good vibe. He I, could have had a second goal and it would have been just what a beauty. Yeah. It, it could have been. It would have been. Uh, I do think one thing I, I, I found interesting was the volume of the Sporting Kansas City locker room. Now, I granted have not been down to the uh, to the postgame press conference in a while. So maybe I'm just forgetting what it was like and. Granted, I haven't been down there that many times in recent years for opposing wins. And so I just don't have a lot of recent memories to pull from. But they I'm were loud. One for one on opposing wins. I don't yeah. like it. <laughs> I mean, it was it was legitimately loud. Uh, Shane O'Neill commented on it. And then it wrote, like, when Shane O'Neill was talking about it, it was like you could hear it, but it was like a rumble. But then when Brian Schmetzer was talking, it was, like, legitimately distracting. 
Yeah, and it wasn't even like a good sound. Like it wasn't like they were coordinatively singing. Like they were just like screaming, just yeah. in the background screaming. And I was like, oh, well, I guess they're excited and just yelling together. I don't know. It was weird. I, mean, I, I was listening to the press conference and was convinced that like either something else had started playing on my laptop or a <laughs> fight was happening outside. Yes. And no, it was just skc being rambunctious yeah, yeah. uh and I, I mean i don't know it's a july win against a depleted opponent i'm not gonna hold it again they deserve they they played well enough that they get to celebrate however they want but i just wonder if it, that's one that sticks in your craw a little bit if you're the sounders if i beat the sounders i would celebrate like i'd won a final sure but I also. But what if you would beat the the Sounders featuring a lot of children? What then? I mean, it could be the Sounders, and they're all preschoolers, and I would celebrate. <laughs> but that's a, an imagination situation that will never actually happen. Uh, Sporting Kansas City won a game in July, and they feel really good about it. Apparently, yeah. And- I just think they, they could work on, like, the style of their celebration. Like, it was just, it was messy and it was a bit jarring. Like, I think it could have been more compelling if it was more coordinated. Just giving them some tips in case they're listening. It also felt a little bit like they were trying to make a point. I just don't know what point they were trying to make. Loud. That was the right. point. Right. We are unpleasant to play and we are unpleasant to be around. I think right. that's the... And hey. Uh, we should say they should change full, their club motto to that right this and I, like brian said this and it's worth repeating the sounders aren't exactly well-behaved guests when they win on the road either but like, we have a fun song like right, that, they ha- exactly us, that is a song you know what's happening you don't That's, think that like a uh, three dogs are fighting outside right they and do I, also they sing a christmas song which is psychological warfare right yeah so i would say this is what i would say to sporting kansas city do your thing, but make it a thing. Like have a song that the people hearing it know what you're saying. You know, like the Sounders uh, song has Sounders win away in it. It's very <laughs> literal. You don't have to do a lot of interpretation. No one's wondering, are they singing karaoke? It's very clear what's happening. All I'm saying to Kansas City, like get a song that you can own. Maybe they haven't had enough road wins to figure this out maybe that's the problem they're a bit rusty they're newbies to the whole road win thing that could be fair enough well uh sounders are back on the horse on saturday a rare saturday game for the sounders they're gonna be playing the San Jose earthquakes they're gonna presumably have alex rolled on back he was in the house not available but alex was it will be back there's an outside chance Christian is back, but that would mean that the sound that the U.S. national team lost to Qatar on Thursday. I'm gonna go ahead and tell Christian feel free to win that game and come come back and join us in August. That's fine. Uh, that since it's up to me, uh, but they'll also be getting like I've heard Will Bruin could potentially be back, and we saw Shane. Back. We saw Shane back, so it's slowly but sure. If you're tweeting. Yeah, or shave, exactly. Yeah, I, I had a hard time on, on Twitter with that one. Uh, but yeah, it, it, things are slowly, slowly, slowly getting back to like respectability in terms of available bodies. 
And the transfer window closes in like the next week. Ish. So maybe maybe we see something fun happening there. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I really hope we see at least like one interesting thing happen. If we don't sign anyone in this transfer window, I will be concerned. I don't think it's going to happen, but I would be concerned. Yeah, I think I think they're going to sign someone. Uh, I, I shared this on Twitter, uh, but I may as well share it here. It will sound worse coming out of my mouth, but I was checking with my sources what's going on with the sound with this Wesley transfer, and someone responded to me with just one word, despacito, which I think meant like just be calm and wait although maybe i'm misinterpreting that statement they just wanted you to listen to despacito they they were like stream despacito they just forgot the stream part yes i thought maybe it was sort of like pete carroll does his draft clues before the nfl draft every year and it's like weird random like this song and somehow like the name of the artist has some connection to like the town a player grew up in right but the original Despacito is by Luis Fonzi. Fonzi, it's Alfonso Ocampo, Chavez's nickname. Somehow there's something involved there. That's, I'm just throwing out conspiracy theories now. Yeah, this well, is my new shtick. Who knows? Yeah. Well, uh, that's probably a good place to call this. Uh, Tim, Beth, thank you so much for sharing your insight. Uh, hopefully we will have more fun stuff to talk about next week when we're back here. I may not be around. You guys may have to do this one on your own. I'm, I'm going to be on vacation. So oh, no. maybe you guys, maybe you guys want to take the, take the reins next week. Tim? I think we could, we could do a better job than we did on the spaces for sure. <laughs> okay. In my defense, the background was extremely loud for me. It was very loud. And I was it also was listening to music. it on speaker in the background, which was probably throwing her off. So I apologize for for that one. If but. if we do a podcast just me and Beth, I will come as prepared as she is. Okay, well that's. I've very got prepared. my sticky note list of things that happened, so I can I can do this again. Yeah. I can make this work. Good, good. All right. Well, uh, I'm Jeremiah Shan signing off for the Sounder at Heart podcast. I always wave. I don't know. <laughs> people can't see that on here, but uh, we will catch you next time.